I appreciate so much you let me come out and share with y'all. Had a good time this morning. Um, I hope you learned something. I always learn something when I get in the pulpit and, and uh, listen to others. But uh, I just thank you for letting me come out here and visit with you. Can, can y'all hear me all right? Okay, good. This, this evening we're going to talk about a word of encouragement and a spirit of boldness out of First Timothy. <clears throat> I'm sorry. <clears throat> Second Timothy. And I messed up if I gave you scriptures out of the wrong one. Second Timothy 1, 1 through 15. Did I mess you up? Okay. Second Timothy, I'm sorry. Is that it? Not command of our bad savior? Mm-hmm. All right. All right, thank you so much. I apologize. I must have typed in the wrong. Uh... All right, good and good. I apologize this morning. I, I think I preached way too long. I just lost track of time. was enjoying it, so tonight won't be quite so long. But a word of encouragement and a spirit of boldness, and I want to talk about both in separate, separate things. Um. I want to challenge you to take a step of boldness, a boldness that you've never had before. You're challenged to on purpose tell someone about Jesus and how you became a Christian. Then, with love and kindness, ask them to come to your church with you. And if they're already members somewhere else, you want to encourage them to go to their own church. To share the love of the Lord with them, give them testimony, then ask them to come to church with you and worship together. The Bible tells us in one little verse that we ought to be bold and not timid. We look at that verse, <coughs> we'll look at that verse after we look at the encouraging words Paul gives to Timothy. <coughs> now, the particular verse I'm thinking of is uh, 2 Timothy 1. So if you'll open your Bibles to that. This is the second letter to Timothy. Paul is writing to encourage his spiritual son and brother, Timothy. Now there are no suggestions that Timothy was down and out or discouraged or becoming weak. Paul realizes his own death is not too far away. And Timothy is his, almost like his son, his younger brother. And he wants to encourage him to keep the faith, stand strong to go forward in Christ's name. So, um, Timothy will lean on the testimony of his older spiritual father in times of trial. So, if you will listen as I read, that is written out here, as I read these scriptures to you. Second Timothy 1, 1-15. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, according to the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve, as my forefathers did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. Recalling your tears, I long to see you, so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of you of your sincere faith, 
which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and, I am persuaded, now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you, through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord, or ashamed of me, his prisoner, but join with me, suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. But it has now been revealed through, through the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who has destroyed death and has brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And of this gospel, I was appointed a herald and a, an apostle and a teacher. That is why I am suffering as I am. Yet I am not ashamed, because I know whom I have believed, and am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him for that day. What you heard from me, keep as the pattern of sound teaching, with faith and love in Christ Jesus. Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Thank the Lord for scripture that goes out to read and review and read and review and hide in our hearts. I want to look at the the words of encouragement here. If you notice, Paul uh, obviously very much loved his his younger brother, his son Timothy. He longed for him. Um, in verse two. Paul refers, refers to Timothy as my dear son. And then he puts a blessing on grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father, Christ our Lord. Then he says, I thank God, again encouraging him, whom I serve as my forefathers did with a clear conscience. As night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. Do you have any uh, brother or sister in the Lord that you think of often? Pray for them often. Uh, your missionaries, you need to pray for them constantly this week. They're still gone out in a, a new place for them. Uh, new people, new uh, objects in their way. Pray for them. Lift them up. Ask the Lord to, to encourage them like Paul is doing Timothy. And then he says he's reminded of, of Timothy's sincere faith. And that's an encouragement not only to Timothy that he's saying that, but that's an encouragement to Paul. The faith which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded, now lives in you also. And then he says, Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So he's encouraging Timothy to go back to the time that Paul laid hands on him, encouraged him, Blessed him, he's lifting him up, encouraging him to continue forward in his faith and in his ministry. And then verse 7, which we're going to talk about in depth a little more later. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of power, but of a spirit of power, of love and of self-discipline. So, Timothy, do not be ashamed 
Do not be ashamed. So join with me in suffering for the gospel. Jesus is such an encouragement to us when we let him be. When we put him in our heart, when we take the word and hide it in our heart that we might not sin against God, and we need to learn those scripture verses. Hide them in our heart. Try to learn a new one every week. I wish I could do better. I, I don't have as good a memory as I used to. And uh, a few of us gray heads have that problem. Don't remember as well as we used to. But what I want to do now, after talking about Paul encouraging Timothy, is I want to talk about verse 7. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and self-discipline. Three things we want to look at. Power, love, and self-discipline. Let me repeat that, and then we're going to repeat it again in a different way. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. Now this time, I want to place that with the first person. For God did not, or the second person. For God did not give me, that's the first person, a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. God gave you. God gave you the this, this spirit. Spirit of power, not a spirit of timidity. When I think of timid, I think of a person who's afraid of everything, afraid of their shadow. Um, we had our grandsons last time. We had twin grandsons that are seven. We had the, the older brother that's 12 and the sister that's nine. And they they made, uh, with, with the little phones they have now, he was able to make uh, a movie trailer, you know, something you look at to tell you what the movie's about. And they were able to create these on their little phone. And the older one, Clayton, used uh, apparently some kind of scary music. And when he came bedtime, those twins were afraid. They were timid. Wound up, my wife slept in one bed with one, and the other one slept in bed with me, because they were scared to death. Pa Paul tells us not to be timid, not to be afraid, don't go tippy-toeing around. Go in boldness and in faith. Be bold for the Lord. Show Him uh, you care. Show Him you're trusting in Him, in God. Okay, the word tim timidity is synonymous with fear, fright, or better translated, cowardice. It's used only one time in the New Testament. Paul is saying in this verse that God is not the author cowardice doesn't come from God. Especially if it comes to our testimony of Him. God is, however, the author of a triad of graces. And we'll talk about those. God has given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-discipline. As you know, the Greek word for power is dunamis, which we get our word dynamite. What God has given us is the spirit of boldness. Paul goes on to say in verse 8 and 9 that we should not be ashamed to testify of our Lord. Let me read that again just to remind us of what it says. So do not be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God 
who has saved us and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. All right. We are given a spirit of power. Uh, we can have boldness in Christ to stand up for him at any time. We can liken this to a mother who steps in to protect her children who are being kidnapped. Now she could be four feet six inches tall and he could be six feet four inches tall. And that ain't going to stop her. A mama's love for her kids knows no fear. They jump right in. And that's, that's what the Lord wants us to have. No fear. He wants us going with boldness and, and not, not being tempted. We have that confidence that God is bigger than the evil one will ever be. Now I want to tell you a story um, about how we can operate with planned boldness. Now, once again, I want to say we go with boldness, uh, but we have to be careful with what we're doing. I remember a NATO force movement, excuse me just a minute here, a NATO force movement in 1968. I was stationed in an armor, a tank unit in Germany. Uh, I had just finished armor school at Fort Knox, been commissioned as a second lieutenant at Butterbar. And we went over, we took our tanks on a 300-mile cross-country maneuver. Now, a tank is a perfect picture of boldness, wouldn't you know? And you can be bold with a tank. For example, in an M60 tank, that's what we have then. They don't even have them in the museums anymore. In an M60 tank, you have 52 tons of homogeneous iron steel. That's a lot of work to push around. You carry 72 rounds of 105 millimeter main gun ammunition. You have 500 rounds of 50 caliber machine gun ammunition. You have 3,200 rounds of 30 caliber machine gun ammunition. With a tank, you can travel 310 miles on one tank of beef. And you can move it speeds up to 35 miles an hour. Now, the ones they have now are so much faster and so much more efficient. But that definitely has speed, firepower, and mobility. You could travel with boldness, don't you know? But during this cross-country maneuver, I was to hide my tanks, five of them, if you could hide a tank, in a tree line of the forest. Now, do you think we gently dodged all the trees so we wouldn't get stuck? No way. We went straight ahead. Bump, 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 as those trees started falling. We boldly drove right through them and watched them fall in the forest. We were able to drive over mountains, across fields, through towns, and anywhere we wanted to go. There just really wasn't much that we couldn't do. We could even cross water with the pontoon bridges. I did that once, scared me to death, taking 52 tons across a, a floating bridge that's hooked together to another float in front of you. But that was interesting. We had brute strength, and we were able to be bold on purpose. Now, there's another element of great significance in our verse. It says self-discipline. It's, it's one thing to be bold. 
You must have self-discipline, that boldness, in order to be effective. We must have control of our lives before we can attempt to be bold for the Lord. Just as my 52-ton tank tore down the trees with boldness, my driver, my tank driver, boldly came out of the tree line and disobeyed a major driving rule. It crippled my tank for a day. I lost 20% of my firepower because that tank driver didn't do what he was supposed to. He did what we call a neutral steer. And that's when you, you have your right track going forward and your left track going backwards. So you just turn around and one little down and die. Well, he disobeyed that rule that you don't do it on a, on a gun where there's stumps and stuff. What he did is he got out there, he did a neutral steer and took one of our tracks completely off. The tank was dead. For right then, it took him a day to get a retriever there to put that track back on, get it fixed and work. So he boldly messed up. That's where, that's where self-control should have come. He should have realized that doing that was not going to work. Now you and I, in our life today, we must go forward boldly, but we need to have self-control. You can't just jump in and make something right when it's wrong. You have to work at it. You have to pray for it. You have to pray through it. You have to let the Lord know you're in it. Make sure He's in it. And then go forward. The point here is that no matter how much power you have, you still must exercise self-control. We can lose our Christian witness in a second if we do not maintain self-discipline. It could be in a situation where somebody's irritating you or perhaps talking down at you and you can get all riled up say curse words at them or hit them or something and you lose you lose your uh your witness you must be more gentle than that not timid but with self-control go forward in christ's name and then the remaining element of this triad is agape which is love and in case you don't know what kind of love we're talking about it's a selfless love Jesus loved you and me so much that he gave himself. God, in his selfish love, gave his son. Why? So you, so that I, and all those who would come to the Lord asking for forgiveness, could and would be saved. They would be forgiven. And have an everlasting life with the Holy Father. A selfless love, an unconditional love as of the Lord, he loves you whether you love him or not. He died on the cross for you whether you accept it or not. So when we go boldly, we must go with a love that is of the Lord. So what does all this mean? God has given you a spirit of boldness to say no to those areas of life where you need to say no. Cheating, lying, stealing, abusing, Things like that. You, you, know, you have to say no. We can also boldly say yes to service for him. You can openly say Jesus is Lord. We have the power to come confront in love others and their relationship 
to Jesus. We can boldly say, I'm going to live my life the way God wants me to. I will teach others his loving kindness. Are you teaching others loving kindness? Are you a loving person? Are you kind to other people? If you are, they know it. They know that you're being loving. They know that you're being kind, that you care. You, you can't not do that, or you can't do that and not be perceived as being a loving kind. We must be, de- we must be determined in our hearts and minds to be servants of God. When we face the devil boldly and say, yes, I'm going to have a regular daily quiet time. I'm going to give myself to greater service in the Lord. I'm going to give boldly to the church. These are some of the things God is saying to you through through this verse. You gave your soul to Jesus years ago, but have you given him your life and let him truly become the Lord of your life? Have you done that? It's one thing to go forward or just to bow on your knees somewhere and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And I know I'm lost. And I know that the only way I can go to heaven is through Jesus Christ and asking Him to forgive me my sins. We can do that. But if you don't go forward in your life serving, sharing, and giving, caring for others, what, what have you accomplished? A selfish thing, perhaps, of getting yourself into heaven. If you have it, you can do that right now. Pray and say, Lord, forgive me and take control of my life. When you do this, you can realize the power you have through Jesus Christ. You cannot cannot change under your own power. Some say, I have control of my life. That's the problem. You have control. Not God, not the Holy Spirit, not the Lord Jesus Christ. You can change under your own power. You cannot change under your own power. God wants control, but loves us so much, He risks our lives, our love toward Him by giving us a free will. I truly believe you can reject you can more easily accept Christ. As leaders in your church, you must yield yourself to Jesus Christ before God can effectively use you. I've been in churches where you've had people, families, who ran the church. It was their church. Not Jesus, not God's, not the pastor. They were in charge. They're going to run it their way. When they had a business meeting, it was their family that was there to control the issue. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. We should all surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ, giving Him our full fellowship as He gives us leadership. God loves us so much that He risked our love toward Him by giving us a free will. Men, we have an awesome responsibility. I believe God has given the role of leadership to us, to men. Say the women can't be leaders. Obviously, scriptures in the Bible where you have people like Diana that are leader of prophets. There are female leaders. I'm not saying that. But I think the primary role 
of leadership in the church. Man, we must step step up and step forward, taking charge of the, I say taking charge, but doing those things that God has led us to do. We must do those things. We must go forward in the power of the Lord to lead his church, this church, to the place of ministry that God would have you to do. This is the challenge before you. I charge you to keep that command before you at all times. Our invitation is for you to first give your heart and life to Jesus. And you can do that by praying and coming forward to share with the church family what's going on. And I don't know if we have any lost people here or not. This is, this is the true church, so to speak. Those who come on Sunday night and Wednesday night, those are the ones that are solid. And I, I hope each one of you know Jesus Christ in a very personal way, that you've accepted him as your Savior. Secondly, if you're looking for a place to worship and you're not a member here, join this church. You may have been coming here for a long time and never joined, but you need to become a recognized part of the fellowship. I'm going to pray in a minute as our pianist comes forward. We're going to sing him. And I just ask you to bow in prayer in your heart and ask the Lord to speak to you. And if he's given you something to say, if you want to come forward and say it, or if you want to stand right where you are and say it, then be bold, but be in self-control. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we bless you and thank you, Lord, for your love. Lord, I personally thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight to open the bread of life to serve your food to my fellow brethren. I ask you to bless this church, Lord, in your glory. May they grow in the grace and knowledge of you. May they grow in nothing. Pray, Lord, for this man that's coming at the end of the month to uh, be considered as the pastor, the leader of this church. I pray, Lord, the church will recognize your leadership and that the future pastor will know that you're calling. Lord, I pray for those here tonight who perhaps don't know you as Lord and Savior that they would come forward and ask Jesus into their heart and their lives. I pray, Lord, for those who perhaps aren't actual members, that they'll come forward and join membership in this body. Father, most of all, we would thank you for your love and your blessing and the everlasting life you've given us through Jesus Christ, our Savior.